Microphone check. One, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? I am pleased to have two very special guests on the show with us today. So here with me, I have rapper Fatboy Sharif and producer Roper Williams, who are both from New Jersey in the United States and had big years in 2020. Roper dropped a dope beat tape titled Save My Line, nailed some big placements on some of my favorite albums of the year in uh, Songs of Sage by Navy Blue and your old Droog's Dumpyard. And then Sharif had some real dope features through the year, particularly with Iceberg Theory, who we had the, uh, had on the show just a couple weeks back, as well as some crazy visuals that he dropped for the Church Tower single and Smithsonian, a track off the wildly entertaining and provocative Gandhi Loves Children by Fatboy Sharif and Roper Williams. So I am super excited to have you guys on the show today. So welcome what's going on yeah peace 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 my mind nested tragic as new shots were popped hell time new bits power of a zoom lens hope god's woman vigil viewing nazi amusement columbine shooting hello brother much love much love much love and i, I want to shout you out for saying provocative Provocative is one of my new favorite words. Yeah. It just sounds so dope compared to good or passionate or edgy. Provocative. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. So first off, I wanted to start by trying to get into a bit more detail as to how you guys started in hip hop. So I'll start with you, Sharif. Uh, How did you begin rapping? And particularly, was there ever a moment where you thought, okay, damn, like I can really make a living doing this? Well, I would say coming up, it was kind of weird for me because I came up doing poetry originally. So third grade, fourth grade, I was winning a bunch of poetry contests. Really, I still got, I found a book like two weeks ago in my crib. I won an award for doing a a Holocaust poem at like fourth grade. (laughs) And that was dope. And just coming up in my house, my parents had all of the hip hop playing for the time. So shit from like Tupac, Biggie, uh, MOP, a bunch of that. Me personally, I was more influenced by like 90s alternative rock and grunge, heavier, more than like any other genre Mm -hmm. coming up. And I just fell in love with just that whole, the whole writing style of the songs, the visuals. And I picked up hip hop along with that and it just kind of stick stuck with me from the poetry led to me writing rhymes which led to me having <laughs> battles back in the day coming up like and 
just literally me being like, yo, I'm actually dope as hell in this shit. Like, I can actually do something with this. It's it's actually, I actually love what I hear. Like, I'm like, damn, there's a lot of shit that's wacky shit I don't like. I think I can do it better. So let me try it. And that's what I did. That's dope. What what other kind of like, uh, you're talking about you're getting into grunge and uh, genres like that. What were some of your favorite artists at the time? Whew, coming up, super Offspring fan heavy. Uh, super Silver Chain, Rage Against the Machine heavy. A lot of metal shit. So like Slayer, Ministry, fucking Typo Negative, like all of that shit. Nice, nice. And for you, Roper, similarly, how did you begin making beats? And was there also a specific moment for you in your career when you, you realized that you have a real talent producing music? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but um, when I started making beats, uh, my boy uh, Eric West gave us uh, a crack version of Fruity Loops. And that's how we started off. And the beats were really bad. <laughs> yeah. And then Jake <laughs> Cat, I don't even know him then. But yeah, I mean that that was pretty much it. And then I got the NPC a little bit later. And then after that it was it was off, you know, to the races. That kind of changed my whole style. I got and the when NPC was that? What time was that roughly? I got the NPC one thousand in the beginning of high school. So okay. yeah. That's that I mean that that was pretty much the start of it. And okay, so if we move to the uh, the album Gandhi Loves Children, one of the first things when I when I actually got my got my hands on this album was your style of rapping, Sharif, which obviously caught my eye from the jump. So I want to get into a bit more into how you developed this approach to rapping. So I know you've been probably told the cliche that your style doesn't fit in a box and things like that, but I honestly don't even find that's an accurate description because. You're oddly enough one of the only rappers I know that can't be labeled as just like an experimental or abstract rapper because you also have like really yeah, obvious, absolutely. obvious like strong fundamentals and versatility to where you can fit right at home on like a more traditional hip hop beat or on like a super dark, strange production like Jack O' Lantern sculpture. So my question is, how did you develop this style, and was there any big inspiration? as you kind of grew into yourself as an artist? Uh, to, for me, personally, like, I always been a fan of, like, just different entertainment within the arts growing up. So, like, movies and just, like, uh, a lot of, like, stuff like that was big for me. So, like, when I first started writing, like, cannabis was a big influence, Red Man, but more than that, I fell in love with just, like, creating worlds that can be created within words from like certain book uh, authors like uh, Stevie King and William Cooper and stuff like that. And just certain movie directors like Stanley Kubrick, uh, David Lynch. And I was one of my writing to be kind of like more of like a world that you entered more than something that you heard. Yeah, that makes sense. And I can see the, I can hear the red man. Now that you mentioned that I can hear that for sure in your style. And on tracks like uh, Nasty Man, for example, you're really good. And I think I actually messaged you about this, that you the way you transition from like that melodic flow at the beginning and use a bunch of different inflections. What makes you decide to lean into one type of flow or vocal delivery versus another on a track? Does it just come naturally or do you like 
think about it more in advance? I think it's a mixture of both because it comes naturally, but like I literally like I, I'll give you a drool. Like when I get beats from rope or different producers, I might have a beat for maybe two months and I'll stick to it. So like I'll put it like on the speaker or play it off my phone, just listen to it. I'm on straight, like all day long, all day long, all night long. And it's kind of like the backdrop for me to create something I never did before. Cause I don't even like, I'll be on this shit where I don't even like using the same flows more than once. Like I'll listen to something like, yo, have I ever rapped like this? Have I ever put this bar structure here? Like, and even just hearing other MCs, like I'll say him, like that's amazing how he rapped in the beat and out of the beat. I think I could do something iller than that with a whole nother, it bring a whole nother foundation to it. So it's literally just like, for me, it's always just, Challenging myself for doing some new shit. Why do you prefer doing that versus sticking to what you've done in the past? Because a lot of rappers do that and they're they're comfortable with what they're doing in their lane and they just stick to it. Why do you what compels you or like drives you to keep trying something new? The other shit is boring to tell you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like honestly, is that like it's kind of that simple for me. Like, I never wanted, wanted to be. I never wanted somebody to hear me. This dude's walking on stage. I never wanted somebody to just hear me. And they just like, damn, he's a dope MC. It's a dope song. Like, that's one thing, even like, I loved your review. Cause like, I kind of always make my music for it to be studied in detail. I call it like three layer listening. Like that's how I always listen to music. So like, even people that's just like, yo, it's dope. I'm like, nah, that shit not dope. You gotta hear it. Like, you gotta literally analyze and get into what's being said. So I always kind of, wrote like that where it's like somebody who's not a hip-hop fan they can hear this and just enjoy the writing of it mm-hmm. or they can enjoy the world that's created or the expression within it and do you so, ever feel like a temptation to dumb down your music or make it you know quote unquote more accessible to attract a potentially more mainstream audience or are you just always content with doing what feels right to you and true to what you want to do artistically now I always just keep it a hundred how, how I'm feeling on the artistic side. Not saying that it's not other influences in the world that obviously I'll see and just be like, oh shit, that was dope. That was ill. But when it comes to me, I always like, even if I'm going to do an ass shaking song, you're not going to understand it's that to like the ninth time you listen to it. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So moving to like the production side of things now, <laughs> For those who are listening to this on audio, you don't know what he keeps showing me, but it's an inside joke. You won't get it. For the production now, uh, Roper, I'd like you to walk us through your beat making process. Where do you get ideas for your new beats? Where do you get your samples? Are you like a classic uh, crate digger with vinyl or are you more of a digital producer kind of guy? Uh, Yeah, I just use vinyl, like pretty much. Yeah. And what? Like and- for- and how do you and how do you really kind of cultivate an idea in your mind? Is it just by searching through, or is there some other kind of inspiration that you get for your production? Uh, usually, I'll, I'll, I'll like I'll have one session on Ableton that'll just have Mad uh, Records like sa- like sampled into it. So, like however I feel in the moment, I'll have samples that are you know what I mean. If I have five albums that are in the same session, regardless. To how i feel they're going to be different albums so there's going to be 
stuff that matches the way I feel. So it's usually just about the way I feel that day and, and what I feel like making and also the people's energy that I'm with recently or that day. So if I'm with Fat Boy, that helps because I have his energy. Like he has a specific energy and he has certain beats he'll yell at me if I try to give to him or if I or if I don't give to him. So word, that, word. Like, I got the, the energy, energy of a pound do you say a porno cyborg? <laughs> What'd you say? Yes, a that's my energy cyborg. when I when me and Roba connect. Yeah, when me and Roba connect, it's the energy of a four hundred porno cyborg. Don't yeah. steal that, guys. If y'all hear that, we might need. Yeah, yeah, that could be the follow up. <laughs> follow up album title. I love it. <laughs> you heard it here first. So, so Roper, what are what are some records that inspired you or helped you define your sound as a producer? Um, damn, it would be like, uh, that's so hard. Like it's so, it's so many like individual, like album, like evidence, the layover. I used to bump so much, but then there's like B tape. I was just bumping this Ayatollah B tape yesterday that I forgot that I used to bump so heavy that I got this beat. I wonder why on it got a, cr a bunch of crazy beats. I forgot what it was called, but that, that was my shit. Um, college dropout, um, rough draft. Um, donut J Love Japan, all delicious. <laughs> Where I can hear the college dropout, I can definitely hear that as well. Uh, yeah, also, no, in the, the track Nasty Man, that, that song reminded me a whole lot of like the Wu Tang Forever era of Wu, Wu production. <laughs> I always find like it's Where not like the, the original one, but the, the more like skeletal feel. Like, I yeah. fucking love that. I, fucking love that. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah, that beat is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's got a real nice knock to it. Robot, they keep drinking with a nigga, but the nigga was passed down in the bathroom in the studio. Talking about I can't move. Give me some water and I can't groove. Drink that nigga to death. Now I want to dive deeper into this tremendously unique album, Gandhi Loves Children. So, how did you both first meet and develop a relationship? Well, I would say that's thanks to my brother Boogie. Boog, come here, man. I want you to say what's up to the good people. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Boogavelli <laughs> reporting live. What's going on? All that. But yeah, what probably about seven or eight years ago, I used to do this radio show at a, a college up here in Jersey, hip hop underground radio. So I used to do these on air ciphers where MCs could come up, spit open door policy, just come do your thing. My man's book that I just showed you, me and him was working together at the same restaurant at the time. So he was like, yo, you got your radio show tonight, right? You having the ciphers? I'm like, yeah. He was like, yo, I got a group. Because they come up. I'm like, are they dope? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Tell them to come the fuck up there and shit. So the group comes. It happens to be a group work. Uh, Roper's working with at the time. He's the producer. So he comes in there. Group. B93, killed it on the mic, this or that. Me and Roper just hit it off, just similar interests and just certain taste of humor and music and just building just like on classic hip hop shit and just regular life shit. So I used to come to their studio sessions just chilling and I just fell in love with his production. I'm like, damn, like this is definitely like a classic vintage sound, but it's the new style of it. Mm -hmm. And like I always say, my brother Rope is the to me the illest producer alive right now that I personally know. 
So we it was it was it was a no brainer that we put the album together. And it's crazy because literally, like the final product that you heard, it was three or four other times before, like five years ago. Like we literally would link up, do two songs maybe. Joints would be dope, and we cut. We would lose touch. Just our lives and careers going in different directions. Link up again, maybe do three songs. Same thing happened. Separate. But probably three years ago, like this final, final time we linked up, we was like, yo, let's do this shit, <laughs> get it right, and get it out to the people. And by the time we got three songs in, we knew we had something special, like, for a fact. Word, man. That's sick. That's sick that you guys took your time with it. Do you find... Uh, oh, yeah. Did you guys, like, have the album done well in advance of i think it was october 2020 was the the release time for this was way it done before. was it done way before yeah oh yeah the mixing took like fucking four months shout out to ben hickson yo he that the mixing is fantastic on this it was, it was pretty much ready we just covid came we had to wait on it like mm -hmm. but, but we were gonna uh, drop it in march for my birthday <laughs> but COVID when's your birthday in march when's your birthday march 20th Oh, okay. Mine's 14th. That's oh, cool. shit. I got to come out there. We get drunk and go to the strip clubs. Yo, all, all the strip clubs uh, are popping we, down. We don't have too many. <laughs> we have a couple. We have a couple. That's true. That boy will find them. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the one of the main reasons why GLC caught my attention the moment I heard of it, so this is even before I even press play on it, was the genius album titled Gandhi Loves Children, especially because I'm Indian, but Although I'm no expert on Gandhi historically, I'm aware of his really brutal racism, to put it bluntly, and his weird, creepy shit he did with children. Because it's not like your normal pedophilia. Like, people should do their own Gandhi research. was a freak, yeah. It's like some really next level <laughs> strangeness, freak, yeah. man. It's some real, real strange stuff. So the way I read the title was that I assumed the album would kind of get into harsh, disgusting realities in, in our society. And I believe that turned out to be pretty accurate when i actually played it but could you guys walk me through the genesis of the theme that you guys came up with with gandhi loves children and what inspired you to make an album that explored these ideas it's ill because like literally that title literally came from the song tragic and that was one of the that was in like the early sessions probably within the first three i think the first three songs was i'm bugging that and smithsonian and when we were building on the titles, because we had to cover, we had to cover kind of before the title, I want to say maybe. Mm -hmm. So we was just like, all right, the songs are strong, the cover is strong, what title is strong enough? Like, and when it comes to our creating process, we don't really rush it. We kind of perfectionist with it. And it's kind of like when it comes, it's gonna come and it's gonna be right. So literally, like me and Rupert talking one day on the phone, and he just like, yo, that uh shit you said on tragic. Gandhi loves children. That shit just keeps sticking in my head. Like, that shit is dope. That shit is dope. And I'm like, literally, it took like three seconds of convincing. I'm like, you damn right. That shit sounds fucking beautiful. <laughs> like, we named it an album, that shit. I never heard nothing ain't that. <laughs> like, and it was already, it was, it was, it was kind of symbolic because literally, like, like you said, all of the songs was done already. And literally, where we took it from. Talk, touching on police brutality, a lot of all of these crazy ass Hollywood dudes 
fucking mm-hmm. these underage fucking kids and women and this is the big era that every week you're hearing about some shit like that and just yeah. like we were saying before the world going and shit you can't even even touch loved ones because you might catch something like this is literally like the time and the, this is literally a time and moment that's never going to be again and literally like if hell was real like we literally living it right now on earth so we literally wanted to just make the songs and the title just basically speak for now in like the most <laughs> extreme way possible. <laughs> yeah. And and I find it's pretty interesting the way it's approached to this this theme on the album because yeah, it's very bold, provocative, like we said before, but I don't think it's super explicit in trying to like spoon feed the listener and tell you, okay, this song means this. Like a lot of other music out there particularly music that covers these political themes, it's much more straightforward and blatant where I find it's similar to kind of like what Billy Woods does, where it's very confrontational, but it's more subtle in the way that it tackles these topics. So why do you prefer letting the listener interpret the album for themselves versus being super explicit and tell the listener what the album is actually trying to say? Why do you prefer being more subtle? Me personally, like, I'm I'm a big fan of like I don't think music should be explained. It should literally be like made as art, put out there, and you literally can take it for what you take it for on different levels. Like I said, the three layer listening theory, as I always go by. But like a lot of my favorite type of art that I was influenced by and liked from different songs, photos, and stuff like that, it's literally just leaving the question open ended. Mm-hmm. And not literally telling you what's right or wrong. Because I can literally say, okay, like you said with the title, Gandhi Loves Children. Somebody can take it from what you said, or I could just literally be like, you know it's a Gandhi coloring book like that's actually like available online to purchase. Like, Oh, shit. That, it's literally said uh, Gandhi is for kids. Like, oh, shit. So like, I like the people to just have a, go into it with an open mind and just give them something to think about like on the end it makes it more fun for the listener to me <laughs> mm-hmm. and roper you had something to add to that oh yeah i was gonna say i think his like influences from like movie directors also like shine oh, yeah. through the, the type of movies we, we we like to watch a lot of our movies like that where it's just like you watch them a bunch of times and you pick up different shit every time i'm actually i'm creepy stashed underneath me a Latin believes me, stocking cat with a genie, Alaskan by train, Kanye on a tirade for five days, my sex slaves were suicide saved. And for you, Roper, with parts of this album, particularly in that stretch of the project where we're at Galvi all the way to Stigmata, I feel like it's, I'm in like a kaleidoscope fever dream. Yeah, 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 That that that's probably where my it gets favorite really, section really wild. And yeah, it's just crazy. And basically, my question is, did you find it challenging to create such a twisted soundscape to complement this lyrical content? Um, not not really, because the one of the main reasons we did the album was because I had the, like that type of those type of beats. Like I was making those type of beats. You know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. it only made sense. Like who else was I going to give the murder than beat too? Like, you know what I mean? And who else was I going to give the Jack and Lantern beat too? It was Tony like, Ayo, duh. <laughs> it was like Tony Ayo, he like, would have been sparking it, on that it, shit. It, shit it, me? Was, it was never difficult 
grateful because I felt like we were in very similar headspaces while we were creating it. Word, word. Okay, that, that makes sense because like I can't, I can't imagine it really, like how you could just fake that and and just not be feeling it and just make beats that, that crazy because it no, really yeah. did set the scene pretty well. No, uh, realistically, uh, about three years ago, my best friend died, so it was like around that time was when we were making uh, a lot of the album. So a lot of that is like straight off of uh, those emotions. Shit, man. I'm sorry, sorry and to hear that. No, no, yeah, thank you, but yeah, it was just a lot of the anger, you know, just being pissed mm -hmm. off. No, I feel that. So speaking of this uh, wild lyrical content, Sharif, you you really paint some surreal pictures on this album, like on Stigmata, where you wrapped a recluse in appearance, Zeus interference, mood swing, Lady Liberty with hoop earrings, just earrings. just some real abstract imagery there. Oh, uh, my question is, what's what, going on? What, what, what'd you say? No, I was gonna say one correction. That's white noise. Uh, technically. Oh, that's white that's noise. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. My bad. My that's bad. Over, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's with Pootie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, nah, so white my, noise is one of my favorite joints too. So shout out to you for calling. Yeah, that, that no, I, I really, I, I really fuck with that one. And so my question is, what's going on in your head to write <sighs> bars like this, or are you adopting some kind of character when you write these lyrics? It's, it's, it, my brain is such a, a horrible, confused uh, cesspool of thought and, and fatality. But it's like, nah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's kind of like. To me, like like I said, the beat is always the beat is always the canvas for me to put the paint the paint the picture through. So literally, like like you said, that after Galvi, to me, like that's definitely like my favorite section of that. Literally, that's some of like our best songs we ever made to me. And it's crazy because literally, we were in the studio one day and cooking it up, and I literally got the murder them beat. Jack lantern beat and white noise beat like at the same no no Jack lantern murdered them and stigmata beat at the exact same time. So <laughs> I literally took them home and I'm listening to each one and I'm just like, all right, what literally story and character can I create within each of these? And I literally just sit up in my kitchen, boxers on, wrote each song one by one, called we're like, bro, wait till you hit these three shits. I just wrote to me. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a mixture, like we said. It's kind of having a character image that I want to create a world, but it's also like you said, different just personal experiences and situations in my brain. Because literally, you can listen to Stigmata. We all had a we all had the the heaven and hell. God is really not convo. Sometimes, mm -hmm. like we all believe in something, like, and we all got here from something. So, even murdered him. We all dealt with police shit before and all types of shit. So, I always like to definitely mix half real and half uh, caricature for the viewers to get lost in and definitely examine. Yeah, that's sick, and that yeah, it's all about the filter because what what you're saying in these songs isn't like supernatural fiction. It's not fake. It's not based on some fantasy world. This, all that shit, unfortunately is based on the very real realities that, that happen. So, but it's just the way you say it is so damn interesting. And so 
yeah, like uh, expressive yeah, and, and funny at times too, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's really about a filter. So that that that's that's really cool how you put that. One thing I want to get into too with the album, which I I think was an amazing choice for kind of like how it flows. You guys at just uh, sorry sorry let me rephrase that at just twenty eight minutes long. That's what Gandhi loves children's runtime is. Did you guys consciously want to make a shorter album, and if so, why? Or did it just turn out that way? I would say it's kind of like a mixture of both, because like, kind of like the way I, because obviously when I had the beats, I wrote to everything, and it was kind of like, um, I believe in like verses should be like conversations, so. I never forced a three verse hook, this or that. Like, and like I said, going back to the verses or like conversations, some conversations can be short. If I just hit you, yo, Rowan, I tore my back out moving all this damn snow, man. I'm going to be in the house for a few days. It's totally different than I'm like, yo, bro, I think I got three kids I never met in Oklahoma. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was drinking one night. Like, mm -hmm. so. Literally, like, I took the subject matter and made it to what I wanted to get the full point across from. And the genius of Roper, he would take it and add different sample elements and vocal elements to expand the story and just make it one bigger complete piece. So that's definitely, like, how we kind of came up with the track list and the length time and all of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and one of the strengths... Uh, that I mentioned earlier too with the with GLC is not only obviously how unique the production is like you're not really you're not going to find anything last year that sounds like jack-o'-lantern sculpture but best what I also fan what you say I said best beat and song ever <laughs> hey you heard it here first again rap music plug podcast you got you get everything here uh but no that shit is fucking crazy but it's not only just how unique the production is, which I which I obviously appreciated. I really appreciated how airtight the flow of this project was. Like how I mentioned before, like the back half of the album, it doesn't just like abruptly change into this craziness, psychedelic chaos. It's very nicely kind of just like every song from Galveon just starts to get weirder and darker and less and less like a traditional hip-hop beat and and sound so and even like the skits uh the beautiful transition at the end of stigmata uh, from the skit to the next sound it's just super dope so yeah that was gal that was my boy book right there yeah yeah i mean it, it's fucking yeah. so smooth so with the instrumentals on gandhi loves children roper did you make all these beats specifically for this project or were you just making a lot of beats that you then picked for this album after? Were they always with Gandhi Loves um, Children in mind? I know uh, the Zavenstein, I didn't make specifically for the project. I had that for a really long time. Fat, that was a beat that like Fatboy had, and he was like, yo, let's put this on tape. He was very he was very sure of that. So we went and did that, and that, that, that was a great idea. And um, I think that at the end of Stigmata, I might have made that beat for it. Four hundred pound porno cyborg. What you say? Four hundred pound porno cyborg. I just wanted to say that again. Oh, okay, is that a slight revision to it? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I that that Zaven Zavenstein. I, I can't pronounce that shit, but 
that yeah, that yeah, was yeah, such yeah. a nice choice i don't know what it is about it i love that beat obviously but it just like comes at such a nice time it's like a palate cleanser almost it's just just really like goofy almost you know in a it, weird way. it it goes perfectly with the theme too because it, it's it's uh that's a burton ernie sample so oh it's like i didn't know that yeah so it's like um it's childish and then we threw my nephew on there talking so it's the it's the children uh appearance on the album damn damn that that's that adds a new element that's sweet that's sweet so just moving generally now roper you've worked with a bunch of other artists uh as i mentioned earlier you worked with droog last year uh on that really really dope posse cut pravda navy blue on song of sage you had a couple placements there pink saifu yl to name a few could you describe how it was working with them and then also describe how it's different working with Sharif? Um, well, the similarities, they're all so talented. It's so, it's so like, it's, it's fun to work with all these, those dudes, but it's just like, they all have different, like, like I said, like it's all different energy. So it's like, when we were working on, on Gandhi loves children, it was like, uh, it was such a certain energy we had going, but like, you know, when I'm working with Sifu, it's, it's a, it's a different energy. It's, you know what I mean? Navy blue has a, a different energy. Like the, the, the moods of songs he can do are different than the moods Sifu can do or Fat Boy can do. You know what I mean? And the same with Drew. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the production always comes down to that for me. Like, what moods can these people touch on? Like, maybe, maybe can get so personal. Sifu can get so personal. You know, like Drew, like he he's so clever with his wordplay. Like the like he's so sharp. Like so it's like what landscapes I, I like to it's fun to pick what landscapes will bring out the best of those people you know yeah and i think you do a great job on that because i'm thinking of all the beats in my head right now for just those artists i name and they're all vastly different but they still have like that roper williams signature i can't really describe it but now that i've listened to enough of you i can i can tell when it's a a roper beat i thank the you. versatility is damn impressive like damn impressive. thank you man yeah, yeah, we, 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 we like to do shit like that for sure. Yeah. And uh, Sharif, I'll swing that question back to you. So what differentiates a Roper Williams beat from the rest of the pack? That 2-3. Hey, Roper know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he does. Ah! <laughs> it's like that. It's literally uh, like a uh, literally feeling and vibe. Like, it's I'll hear it be like, because usually it's like this, like, if we in the studio chilling, he'll play a beat. And like, if there's literally something in it that in my head, I'm like, damn, how the fuck I'm going to rap to that? I'm like, yes, give me that one. That shit is fucking crazy. Like, mm. Or just different, um, just different elements. Like I said, the, the three layer listen. So like Roper was great with like, I have a beat from him and listen to it for like two months. And every week I hear something new in the beat. Mm-hmm. And that is, just get me more creative on the writing aspect of it to bring it together. Sky settled in, cyanide mescaline, tie-dye evidence. Fly pelican, my kingdom, heaven sent. When they pressured him, hover Mount Everest, carried by five elephants. I'm going to move now more generally to just ask kind of like a general question I'm curious about. So for both of you, uh what is the most important component of a great album is it the lyrical quality production quality sequencing or the subject matter what would you say is your like 
the most important element ingredient in the uh, great album recipe? I personally would say the vibe of the album and the the vibe because I, I would give I would give an order for those things that you said. Mm-hmm. So I would say a vibe, the subject matter, sequencing, and overall production. And what I mean by that, I mean the mixing, the mastering, the videos, mm-hmm. the album cover, the back cover, like just the whole rollout of it. Roper, do you feel the same? I feel like you're gonna say production. I mean. Um, natural bias there but to, well I, to me to like like he's saying with the you know having multiple layers and like multiple listens you can keep discovering stuff i feel like it starts with to, for me personally like the first thing that's important would be the beats you know what i'm saying but the, if, if this if the dude's not saying nothing or the chick's not saying nothing i'm not going to listen to it forever like you know what i mean so the music that's like crazy that's you could listen to for 30 years a lot of it I would say, like, to me, it's like it starts with the beats, but then when you got to get into the subject matter and how much the flows, the voices. I think the to, like voices is probably like my second most important thing. Yeah, voice is underrated, voice. man. Voice is super underrated. I'm starting to really uh, realize that. And that actually plays into how the mixing goes, because sometimes the, the vocals can just be mixed in a really like stupid way. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard uh, Portis Hus by Hus Kingpin this year. Yeah, uh, came out a couple, three, three, four weeks ago. The way they mixed those vocals are so dope. There's something about it that just adds so much to the album. It's like, it's yeah, like really yeah. like high and like cuts through the mix. It's I love it. Yeah, uh, that album is fucking crazy. Yeah, that one, that one's that one's really yeah, dope. Man, Definitely man. like could be my favorite so far this year. No, it, and it, that's ill that you say that. Like, cause I even like I kind of write my my writing process is kind of like the voices. Cause like I'll literally write something and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna literally spit it like this, but I'll maybe do like six or seven ad lib takes with different voices for each one and have it where it's like, yo, if I, for example, if I'm like, um, I can't escape the prison, that's totally different than I can't escape the prison or oh, yeah. I can't escape <laughs> yeah. the prison. And, like it's gotta, it, it, to me, like the words gotta literally speak the situation. So if yeah. I'm like, mom, why are you dying? I can't help you. That's totally different than mom, why are you dying? I can't help. Like, just <laughs> do a little writer shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think where I fall on that whole situation, I feel like production probably is the number one for me. Um, the the one thing I'll say though is that I find it's to if you have like a song that has like a shitty a shitty uh, rapping performance. And yet the beat is great. I would prefer that over the inverse where it's like a a really dope rapping verse and just a trash beat. Because I yeah. find like I find like it's really hard to be that offensively bad rapping. Like you can obviously be whack, but like to the point where I'm just like I can't even listen at all. I find it's a lot harder to get there versus a beat that is trash. It's very easy to have a, a beat that's just so generic and annoying. So I feel like that's why I always think the production is most important because it's like a lot harder to fuck up a verse versus it's way easier to fuck up a, a beat. Yeah, and yeah, that just I, yeah I, I agree on that. Yeah, a, a, a horrible beat is uh is 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 hell sent. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it bothers me so much. But yeah, yeah. But I do also think to to go off what you're saying, I think a dope MC can bring a whole life and a whole world to a beat. Cause like I said, 
sometimes I've had situations where like I'll get a beat from a producer and it'll have a dope just loop, but then it might be some heavy drums or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, take everything out. Just give me the sound of the, just the sound. And they'd be like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, just give me the fucking sound. Like, and when I sit in the back, it's like, yo, I didn't even know how the fuck, how the fuck did you rap like that on that? Like, and it shit sound crazy. And I'm yeah, like, and I, think that, and I think that's coming back these days. Like, obviously, Rock Marciano, everybody's going to point to him. But like that really minimalist production, the stripped back, less drums. Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's honestly, it's putting a spotlight back on the rapper in a lot of ways. And I feel like people, like the, the voice, the nuance in the voice and the flow and the, the delivery, all that shit comes through way more. So it kind of acts like an, a secondary beat, if you will. Another question I had. Sorry, what? The voice box is the beat. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So I have another general question for you guys. Where do you stand on labels? Would you ever consider signing to a major label or would you always want to stay independent? Uh, I feel like, especially, I mean, the fat boy Sharif and Roper, I don't know if that's necessarily best suited for a major label. You crazy. Uh, Slip inside records. Uh, Let's go. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we that. I don't know if any of that would have got released. Uh, we would have had to make edits and re mm -hmm. readjustments and, and cuts. And Fapper would have had to put pants on on the album cover. And If I got to put on pants, I ain't fucking with it. No, that's just <laughs> made for stardom, man. Yo, the visuals, the visuals, man, those are, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's tough for a label. But um, you, can't, you, can't cool, keep, you, know? you can't keep chaos contained. That's, what, that's, that's my answer to that. <laughs> Yeah, I find like it, it, it depends on what kind of artist. Like, I feel like the major label still has a purpose if you're trying to do a like a type of music that's way more generic or mainstream. Yeah. Like, if you're you're trying to be more of like a pop rapper, then a major label makes a lot more sense because they like you need to get the masses. Yeah. Hell yeah. Shout, shout out to all the indie, shout out to all the independent artists and independent labels killing shit out there for sure. Yeah, shout out to Bandcamp Friday. Happened just yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, it's fucking beautiful because literally, like, with COVID, it could have shut down a lot of shit, but artists are still doing their doing numbers and making bread. So that's fucking beautiful. That just yeah, on the note, are you guys, are you guys hopeful for, for this year in terms of kind of, like, not just, like, the COVID situation, but just in general? Like, are you confident you'll be able to perform again? Like have live shows. You think that's actually coming this year? Hell yeah. We got some special, we got some special behind the scenes shit with with live shows that we can't even talk about. But oh shit. Yeah, we we definitely, yeah. The sh the show element is one of my favorite elements. So we definitely about to make something happen for sure. I bet yeah. on that that first show that people are gonna go to, like I, I People will be so accepting of anything. Like I'll watch. Like I, I, I think I tweeted this. Like I'll go to an Imagine Dragons concert at this point, and I'll, and I'll just, I'll be so happy, even though they're like the worst musical like act in the world. Like, oh no, I no, no, you yeah, go to a concert, man. I'm dying. Yeah, the, the show, the show game is going to be lines around the corner. Oh my god! Like everybody's going to be just smiling. Yeah. It'll be such good vibes. Like, uh, oh, that'll be amazing. I wanted to move now to just some, a few like rapid fire questions, just random things wanted to get your thoughts on what are, and this is for both of you. So what are your dream collaborators or collaborator? Roper started. 
<laughs> Dream collaborators. Oh man, I mean, rest in peace to Doom, man. That was definitely shit. Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Uh, rest for sure. Uh, yeah, I Bay definitely. I want to. I want an Alchemist verse. Um, Alchemist wanna, verse, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. On, on, on some cookbook shit. Um, Me and Wopa rolling back with the guns in the back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, what up, nigga? I, I, I mean, there's so many people, like the singers too. I, I still got to drop songs with Liv. That she's so I don't know if yo you're Liv, Liv, like holy shit! I only found her last year. That album, couldn't wait to tell you, is like yeah, five, yeah. Like the production, she, she, yeah. You guys could totally fit there. I, I don't know yeah. the, how to pronounce the name. Of that producer that did a lot of it, May May Juan, May Juan. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is um like I always say that's like a perfect hip hop head soul, neo soul album for someone to check out because you're gonna love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's amazing. I think I when I was thinking of this question, I was thinking Homeboy Sandman would be a really cool mix with you. With your oh production. yeah. Uh, homeboy, that that's crazy you say that because homeboy sandman, like that's the homie. <laughs> before before well. I just recorded the Homeboy Sandman's album with Quelly Chris. I don't know if you know that, but uh, like, I didn't know you helped. They, I didn't know you helped they, out. Oh, you did the recording for that. Yeah, yeah, he recorded oh, it at yeah. our studio. Yeah, Boys, I, Fat, I for actually I knew that. Session. Actually, I knew that, and I forgot it, and then I wrote it down. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I knew that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, we had them all through Jersey in the Chinese spot. Wow. But, <laughs> but nah, but our Homeboy Sandman, he's the first person like. We didn't have any placements at the time. Like it was like four years ago, maybe. Like we had, and Homeboy Sandman was the first person to like do a song with us. Like it, it never, it still hasn't got put out to this day. The song is crazy. I got it, but that was important crazy. for us. I, I, I always love Homeboy Sandman for that because that gave me a lot of confidence. Like, damn, I got a song with Homeboy Sandman. <laughs> that dude just seems like such a great guy. Like rapping, he's like a, a fucking oh monster. God. But he just seems like a Don't Feed the Monster was just like unbelievably personal like I, felt, I really yeah, felt man. for him on a lot Sitting of that there while he was recording that shit i was like god damn this is crazy like that first track but, trauma when i uh i think it's yes. called trauma yeah when he played it like when i played it i was like i, I played it back like three times i was like did you just say that like yeah you're, it wasn't dude. a metaphor i was like oh shit that really happened to you as a child no yeah, that's just yeah. powerful that shit the, the, is, the album is the, beautiful like yeah yeah like, wow he's, he's crazy and and just in person his energy is like uh, he he's a funny person to be around. He's very like positive. He has he literally has mad like positive energy in him. You guys check the the don't look down video. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah that that was like it that gave me goosebumps. That's what I'm saying. Like, who does that? I'm not. I didn't. I that. couldn't. Not, I also I'm thought that was a that. metaphor. I listened to the song five, ten times and I just caught it. I was like, wait, he actually did that. I just kind of assumed it was like, oh, you know. Just uh, yeah. you know, keep persevering. But see, he literally did that. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, he's, you know. he's on a different level. It's crazy too, like, cause even like Roper saying that literally, besides our inner circle, him and Quelle was the first two people we let hear some of the songs off the album. And oh yeah, they had a super strong response that we was like, oh yeah, I can't wait mm-hmm. to this you put out. We were playing the we were playing them songs and so we were playing Homeboy Sandman. I think we were playing uh the cure for a mox <laughs> He's bumping it. And then he looks over at Fat Boy, he's like, nice vocabulary, beat. 
<laughs> I was like, word, that's a fire compliment from homeboy Sandman. So, so for you, Sharif, what, what, what's your dream collaborators? Uh, I'm gonna hit you with three: Prince Paul, uh, Trent Reznor, and Ooh. my third. I would say, because hmm, I'm thinking a different collaborate. Because I'm not. I'm thinking out of just music. So, oh, okay. I would have uh, David Lynch shoot a video for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be fire. Hey. As I, I was thinking when I thought of this question, I was thinking of uh, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire. Woo! Like you guys would be like a crazy, crazy energy, crazy mix. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's yeah. He's definitely he's still killing shit for like ten years straight, more than ten years. So shout out to Esquire. Like he always got some ill, ill dope shit for sure. I'm and then I was I thinking Quale. <laughs> Yeah, and I was thinking Quelle, but we already mentioned him. That that just seems like a no-brainer too. Give me a production, Quelle. production, and like rapping alongside. Oh yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Quelle, is a genius. He's crazy. Like watch him in the studio. He's he's crazy. That guy's been on a run for the last like he's always been making good music, but like I think after being you is great. That one was the one that like turned me into a mega fan, and he's just never missed. Yeah, he has any feature right? beat album like nothing. On the contrary, my cautionary tale rework of the lit candle spoke to us justified mantle beats. Nah, I'm guilty of soul tampering. Next question I have is what what's your favorite for both of you? What's your favorite East Coast record? The more time or for right now at the moment? All time, you can have multiple. Whatever okay, you like okay. to take this. All right. Roper, set it off. I don't know why I just want to go second. I don't know why. <laughs> but look at these. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got edible. I got edible. Favorite East Coast album? I mean, damn, like, the blueprint is 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 good. Like That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> the blueprint is good, is all I'm just saying. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, it's pretty chill. <laughs> uh, then, like, I, like, but then you have tribe albums too, like tribe's first three albums. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? So, which is your favorite I'm, out of those? <laughs> I don't, I can't, I, I, I don't even know. And then, and then Fat Boy likes, uh, I think he likes Beats Rhymes and Life the most. Nah, he yeah. like, if you like yeah. beats rounds, like yo, that's underrated, man. They I don't was know why people spazzing on that shit. They yeah, was like spazzing Dilla... on that shit. Yeah, Dilla was killing that that <laughs> yeah, whole those album. Are crazy. Hell yeah, fucking beautiful. That's like that early era of Dilla. It was like less, like less, like all glitchy. It was just more like tr- like yeah. just simple, just great bass lines. I love that. I love that stuff. Right. But yeah, probably one of the tribe albums, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's so hard for me. I can't. I can't choose. I'm I'm terrible with options. Word word. Okay, Sharif, what's what's yours? East Coast. Okay. Um, literally. Oh, purple tape. Yeah. Purple tape. My bad. Oh, Great that's class. the one. That's probably mine. If I had to choose. Nah, that shit is fucking incredible. I would <laughs> say. Uh, Company Flow, Funk Crusher Plus, uh, Colvane from Cannibal Ox, uh, Bilal, Firstborn Second, 
Um, it takes a, it takes a nation of millions. That's oh yeah, that's true. Uh, that's Dr. Octa- yeah, hell yeah, Dr. Octagon, and I'd say, I'd say the first, the first sound bombing album. Oh shit! I don't yeah. know if that's the one that I heard. I know I've heard a couple of those because they had a couple. No, I take that back. My bad. The second sound bombing album, and the uh, um. First Handsome Boy Modeling School album. Oh, those are some good picks. That Handsome Boy Modeling one was nice. Did you, is yeah, the sound bombing one you're talking about? Is that the one that has that Eminem song? Like, is he on yeah, that one? Eminem. Yeah, that's the one that I've heard that I really like. Yeah. yeah sound yeah. bombing too. Fucking yeah, cla- that one's classic great. East Coast underground flavor. Like, <laughs> also Black Star and uh, Main Ingredient. Be yeah. yeah. Reflection Eternal. Let's get free. Yeah, bro. <laughs> right. Those are all great. Yeah, East Coast albums. I could, I can literally just keep naming them. Honestly. Well, okay, so the next question: what's an what's an album that you really like that most people either don't like as much, is not regarded very highly, or people would just not expect you to like? So it could be any yeah. genre. Then, at that point. One particular album, or just different albums. Different albums. Again, you can oh, take okay. it. You can take it wherever you like. Uh, me personally, D'Angelo Brown Sugar, Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral. Uh, the I love the Dead President soundtrack, the movie, because it's like literally all seventies and eighties, like classic soul shit. That's fucking beautiful. Oh, nice. People wouldn't expect me to like. I'm trying to think. So I, I actually I can cheat for you if you'd like because I've seen your your Uh-oh. free music empire discussion with Dan O, and you mentioned you like a certain album by Lil Wayne that is definitely oh. not regarded as highly in the, as in, by most people, to say the Reaper. least. Oh God, yeah. No, no, no! <laughs> shut up, Roper! Shut up! I'm telling you this. Oh my God! <laughs> Am I crazy? Yo, Rebirth. He was spazzing. Wayne was spazzing. I don't care. I was loving the beat. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. I haven't. I can't say I've listened to that song, PCB, that album, in the last like ten PCB. years. So, but I can't say I'd agree. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck this album. <laughs> I rope or go. What are, What are some surprising <laughs> albums that you like? Um, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if it's even surprising. It'll be a lot of like singing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bump like. You love that Jennifer Lopez on the six. Like, <laughs> well, come on, that guy uh waiting for tonight on it, don't it? No frontal on uh, the six. You a J-Lo white man. You know what song I listen to a lot? That song that's in the Geico commercial with the caveman in the airport. I don't know if you know that. I, I think I know the ad, kind of but I have no idea what the song is. <laughs> the the song is called Remind Me. This shit is fire. Remind me. Uh, I'm gonna note that down. Yeah, 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 that's a classic. That's a classic feel good uh, song. But just a lot of singing, like you know what I mean. Like I bump a lot of like uh, I listen to like Destiny's Child, say my name. Like my, I got a sister who's like older, so she was into pop. So like a lot of that music is like just in my brain, even though I don't want it there sometimes. Or. 
but then like you know like curtis mayfield uh that live album but that's not something you wouldn't expect me to listen to i don't yeah like yeah it's curtis mayfield he's like sampling like a gold mine yeah yeah exactly i don't know i i listen to a lot of shit but yeah uh, black messiah d'angelo that's that's the one right there two d'angelo picks i love that yeah, you have been playing that album for like five years. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I still play that like it's new. I'm like, God damn. Yo, that 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 album's like ridiculous. That's I think that's better than even Brown Sugar. I'd still put Voodoo over it, but I even like that over Brown Sugar. And Brown Sugar is amazing. I would say I always like Brown Sugar more than Voodoo. <laughs> it all depends. Like Brown Sugar is more like that traditional. It's more tr- like straightforward songs. So like people like I find it's like it's like uh comparison is like uh frank oceans channel orange and blonde like i like blonde more because it's more like i guess avant-garde and experimental but people who like the more like just traditional straightforward songs channel orange is way better for that so brown sugar also is like me and those dreaming eyes uh, of mine like that's you can't really yeah 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 yeah. when it comes to just straightforward just like croning and killing it like also cisco uh cisco enter the dragon Oh. I mean, unleash the dragon. My bad. Yeah, that Cisco unleash the dragon. That also did. That also was hard with the drop. I ain't on front. <laughs> the dragon. The dragon. See, I like a lot dragon. of com- I like a lot of comedy albums too from back in the day. So like, it's literally a section in my crib that's literally like a George Carlin album, Andrew Dice Clay album, a damn Richard Pryor album, Red Fox album. So that's also like a big like influence of mine. Like with it come to just creating. The last question I have before we wrap this then is what what was your top favorite album of last year? Sheesh. There was a lot of crazy music. Last uh, year was one of the best years for music I can remember. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> to well, an album that I'm not on, I would say cuz that's just kind of dick riding myself, like I would say <laughs> uh Navy Blue's first album was so crazy. Oh, Ada, Ada Irin. Yeah, that yeah, was like, so special, too. Bro, that album is ridiculous. Dude has a way with words, just uh, and a great producer himself. Yeah, nah, to like his production, like sending him beats was so scary because he's such a good producer. It's like he doesn't need these, he doesn't need anything. Else. <laughs> you know, no, you killed your beats on Navy's, Navy's album because I had, I, I had to because it's like. I, I, it took me like a year to. I, I kept making that batch over and over because I kept making it, so I was scared. Word. But yeah, Navy Blues first that that first album he put out. I think that was his debut Ooh. album, like low key too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Sharif? I think I know the answer. I think you may have tweeted this, but just say it again. I'm gonna I'm I'm give, I'm I'm <laughs> give you a quick couple because it was a good two or three that was heavy rotation for me. Um, oh, and Liv's album too. My bad. Word. Word, yeah. Oh, uh, for me, the I love the Killer Priest Rocket to Nebula album. That shit was fucking insane. The Armor Hammer Shrines album, the mm-hmm. uh Strap Nail um album, the Stove God album was crazy. The uh Fly God is the Awesome God too was crazy. It was like you said, last year was insane. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that that shit was insane. Oh, yeah. All right, man. I think this has been a really great discussion. Like, I'm so, so excited to be able to kind of share the thought process behind Gandhi Loves Children and just kind of 
delve into how you guys came to where you are as artists. Like you guys are just on such a good path. I feel like 2020 was a great year, but I have no, I have no doubts that 2021 will be even better. So what are some things that you guys have in store for 2021? What do you got upcoming? Well, the Sharif and Roper movement, <laughs> literally we, I, I'll drop a little jewel. Like the next two projects from us is basically almost done. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And when oh, I tell shit. you, if you like GLC, me personally, these two kind of trumpet to me. But and man, they're dropping totally, in 2021. Can't it? I didn't even go say nothing about that. All right, but all right. It's, it's definitely when we when we it was I, I got the same vibe and power and energy when we made GLC that these these new these new tracks. I'm like, yo, these chips are gonna be amazing. Like, and just I got a bunch of other projects I'm working on too, and other tracks. So a lot of a lot of big stuff coming in uh 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, all that. Gandhi loves children merch is on the way, so definitely be on the lookout for that too. Word, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you guys should get some merch, some vinyl, something like that. Cause oh yeah, artistically, just artwork wise, it's a strong album, so Oh, love yeah. to have thank that. You, thank you, thank you. We want to shout you out too, bro. You definitely shout out to you. Everything you doing, I love your channel, yo. The fucking, you're definitely one of the best with the uh with the album reviews. You get in, you get into, you get in, you get into Shakespearean detail, breaking down the, the, the audio. Shakespearean detail, man. Unlike Damn, no that other. is a high honor. Thank you, thank <laughs> yeah, you. No, I appreciate bro. that. I try, I try. <laughs> and Roper, what do you got? Uh. Yeah, I got so much shit. Like, like you said, the, the the me me and Fat Boy got albums. Um, uh, me and Pooty, we're gonna drop uh album. Uh, I'm trying to make my own albums too. I got a beat tape coming. Uh, nice. Like, in this it, it's it's coming out in February. I think either the 12th or the 19th or the 14th. Or, I don't know. Whenever I finish it, pretty much. But <laughs> nice. uh, that beat that beat tape's dropping. Uh. Play like I'm getting, you know, I'm working on getting placements and stuff. I just sent a crazy batch to a crazy artist. Like I don't, I don't, I shouldn't talk about. Um, Mad albums. I don't know. I'm working with Lungs. He's crazy. Uh, Gabe Nandez. He's crazy. Uh, Akai. Akai solo. Oh man, I love Akai solo. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's that's that's. That's one of my favorite dudes right there. The, the, the shit me and the Kai got is ridiculous. Um, Fuck. We've been hoarding songs. We've been me and me and the Kai have been hoarding. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, YL. The shit me and YL got because we've been taking our time with this album, just chilling, doing our own thing. We we got we got a crazy album coming. Um, Amazing. I got a lot. I got a lot of music coming. I got you know what I'm saying. I got a lot. I got a lot of music coming. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. No, oh, thank you, man. We appreciate the love. No, man. Thank you so much. And I think that I'll think I'll wrap it here. Hope you guys have a really great weekend. Stay safe out there. And yeah, just keep doing you. You guys are fucking killing it. Thank Straight you, brother. Thank you, sir. You are ready. Peace, guys. <laughs> Peace. Yeah.
I spit a solar ring with the feds approaching them with the Smith and Wesson at the Smithsonian. Spin kick split from the mask adjacent drug traffic case. King's assassination. So this concludes today's episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some fresh new perspectives on the latest rap releases, as well as a recommendation for the next great rap record to add to your collection. But now that I've spoken, it's your turn to have your voice heard. So let's stay in touch. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rovew, R-O-H-V-I-E-W, to connect with me on a personal level where you'll be able to interact with my thoughts and perspectives on music, surely, but also on politics and sports as well. If you're an artist who wants to get their new song or album reviewed on the show, hit me up via email at qlctv.podcast.gmail.com or just send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I would love to give you public feedback through a review or private feedback if that's what you'd prefer. I would love to be a part of helping you grow as an artist. For exclusive content and updates related to the show, follow the Rap Music Plug podcast on Facebook. You can find all of this information along with exclusive playlists created by myself by clicking the link that's in the episode's notes. So that's all for today. Talk to you soon. Peace. (laughs) 